Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's show, I would like to thank ARS Pharmaceuticals for their very kind support of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Today, we're discussing the commuter student who may not live on campus, but still needs to establish food allergy accommodations due to eating on campus or participating in activities. We'll also cover socializing and planning for an emergency when you are living with food allergies. Welcome to today's podcast. You just have me today talking about the commuter student, and we're going to review the parent caregiver checklist that's located on the FACT website in the College Resource Center. And in there, you'll see two hubs. One says for parents and caregivers. The other one says for students. We're going to be looking at the commuter checklist in there for the parent and caregiver, because I know the parents are the ones who are listening. And the point of this podcast is to help you guide your student through managing their allergies as a commuter student. Now, there is a student checklist as well, and it's really important for you to download that and share it with your student. Their checklist differs from yours. Their checklist will have a little area about managing stress where your checklist is going to have a little information about passing the torch. Now, even though your student's not living on campus, there still is the need to establish accommodations because one, they might be eating on campus. There might be allergens in the classroom, either because of labs or field trips or just different activities that are on campus. And then also one very important, often overlooked area is emergencies. Your student needs to know how to handle emergency on campus, and campus needs to know that they have a student who may have an emergency. Hopefully not. Most students don't. But as my father always said, be prepared for the worst, so then you can expect the best. Now, in this checklist, we're going to start off with reviewing accommodations. Again, really important for your student to establish those accommodations. So what we suggest is sitting down with your student, writing out what kind of accommodations that they might need and maybe put together a list of questions that they'll ask the disabilities office. Once they have that list together, then have them contact disabilities office, actually have them contact disabilities as soon as possible because it could take a little to get an appointment set. But once they have this appointment set, have them write out again, like we just talked about, things to cover. Now, some of the things to cover right away in an accommodation meeting with a student is for your student to establish the name and contact information for their champion. And this is so key. So when something goes belly up, and it might, might be food allergy related or not, but then that way they have their champion. So tell your student, immediately ask, who is my champion in this office? Who would I call if something doesn't go quite right? Then explain to disabilities that you may be eating on campus. And if so, 
who would you talk to in dining services? Now, please note, if your student is going to a community college or even a trade or vocational school, there might not be a full dining services department and there might be outside vendors that are coming in or it could be something as simple as vending machines. But either way, it's okay for your student to ask the school if they can have contact with those vendors to learn more on what food is being served and how they can secure a safe meal. Next, your student needs to ask, how do they establish these accommodations? Are there online forms? Do you need a letter from your doctor? Does the letter need to contain certain information? If so, what is that information? And most importantly too, when is all this information due? The next area to discuss with the disability office is classroom and labs, because again, these areas can have your allergens or certain activities on campus can have your students' allergens. And so they just need to know, how does the school handle this? Should the student just contact the professor directly? There are some universities that once a student has accommodations established, the school contacts every professor and lets them know what's going on. So it's really important for your student just to ask, what do they do? How does the school handle this? And again, please note, some labs really do have proteins and different items that your student can be allergic to. Next up, let's discuss dining services and go a little deeper. So once your student has figured out how they're going to eat on campus, are they going to bring food from home, but maybe stop in and get a soda if they're socializing or thirsty, or do they want to eat on campus and get a meal plan? Have them establish ahead of time, what do they want to do with this? And then reach out to dining services or the vendors or however the food service is being provided Explain to your student that it's important for them to lay out what they're allergic to and then to have this very two-way open conversation of how they can eat safe. Some schools want students to text ahead to dining services to say what they're interested in after looking at a menu. Some schools have top nine free areas where all the food in there is top nine free. It's very different per school, so it's really important to go in with a very open mind of problem solving and just establishing and asking, how will the student request and receive safe meals? What eateries on campus are safe? Some schools are very large and they have several dining halls and there's several vendors and, you know, different fast food outlets. So it's important for your student to ask which ones might be safest. It's also important for the student to confirm what is their responsibility for securing a safe meal. And then also in turn, they need to ask the school, what's their responsibility? So what I mean is, is it the student's responsibility to contact the school every day? Is it the student's responsibility to reach out to dining services and help with finding brands? So just work this out with the school just so your student understands what the school expects from them and then what your student expects from the school. Also, don't overlook in this dining services conversation offering to help the school or chef or dining service director buy safe products because a lot of times food allergies are still a little new to the school and they really want to know what brands your student is using and what brands are safest. So don't be shy either to say, hey, here are some really wonderful brands. Another good tip is to ask, have you had food allergy training? If so, is there anything I can do to support it? 
Some schools may already have written policies, some not. And the moral of the story is, is each school handles food differently, but it's just really important for your student to get in there and to say, I have food allergies. How can we get me safe meals? What's the best way to do this? How can I support you? And then a simple side tip that's just a wonderful bonus It's really key if your student gets to know the people who are feeding them and encourage your student to develop those adult mature relationships. Because once a person gets to know somebody and they become engaged with you, they almost become protective of you. And both of my students benefited from finding out who the managers were in their dining halls and developing relationships with them by asking them, how are they doing? Do they have children? How is their day going? And soon they developed this really tight relationship that was just so helpful throughout their time on campus. If your student is going to be bringing food from home, maybe also ask them to inquire, are there lockers or places that they can bring their lunch and store it if they're going to be on campus all day? That way they don't have to lug it all around. And lastly, on a food note, eating on campus should be safe and fun. And being that your student is a commuter student, they're going to have a lot more power of choice and a lot more control than a student who's living on campus. So go ahead and use that to their benefit. Next, we need to discuss emergency services and medical management. This is often overlooked, but it's really important for a student to ask the school And this is a conversation they can start in that disabilities office by asking, who do they speak to? Is it campus security? Who do they talk to? But they need to understand who on campus is in charge of emergency services. And the question they need to ask is very simple. How are emergencies handled on campus? If I have an allergic reaction, what do I do? Do I call 911? Do I call campus security? And the reason some schools require you to call campus security is they have a lot of roads that go in and out of the school that the ambulances would drive down and they're locked. They have a chain going across it. So campus security sometimes needs to be the one to receive that call so they can call 911 and then instruct them on how to get into campus to reach your student. And then campus security needs to run over there and unlock those gates. So that's why it's really important to understand how does this work? Another question to ask is, does the school stock emergency epinephrine? Not many do, but you know what? Ask. Also ask, is anyone trained on campus? Is campus security trained on it? Are the food servers trained on it? I think it's really important to know who is available to support your student if they're having an allergic reaction. Another tip in handling some emergencies on campus is wearing medical identification jewelry. A lot of students wear their medical alert IDs or dog tags, just so that if something's happening and they can't speak for themselves, they can point to the bracelet, they can point to the dog tag. And even though wearing a medical bracelet or even a necklace might not be your student's first choice, it really is helpful during a medical emergency. So it's worth discussing with your student. If they're not comfortable wearing it, then you don't want to push the subject. But if they are open, it's worth it. And then just also a quick note on that. FACT does have a partnership with MedicAlert, and if you order a new subscription service, you'll get a 20% discount if you use the code FACT20. 
and I'll put that in the show notes. Both of my students actually wear medical alert jewelry, and we do have the subscription where medical alert will call us if an emergency is taking place. So it is worth exploring not only the jewelry, but what kind of services go with it. Next up, let's talk about civil rights and legal considerations. I can't stress this enough. Everyone should visit this hub in the College Resource Center. It's going to give you information about your students' civil rights. People with food allergies are considered disabled. It's an invisible disability. And I know sometimes students fight the name disabled, but these benefits are given to them and that's how you get your accommodations. So take a look at this section. Also in this section is some information for families because once a student is 18, they're considered a legal adult, but a family might choose to still have access to the student's records, still be able to speak on the student's behalf, either from a financial viewpoint personal viewpoint, or even medical via a power of attorney, or even a healthcare proxy. So go visit this section to see what's available and to see if this even applies to you and your student. Next up, let's talk about socializing, because even if your student's not living on campus, they are going to be socializing. And what's so important to get your student to understand is that this is college or vocational school. This is not high school where students are just lumped in together because they live near each other. These are all people who want to be there. And these are all people who want to meet you and be your friend and get to know you as a fellow college student. So they are much more open to learning about food allergies and how they can be helpful. Students often think that their food allergy is a burden and it is the absolute opposite in college. Students wanna get involved, wanna help out. First tip for your student, encourage them to discover what are the local restaurants or even what are the safe eateries on campus. So when they are socializing and someone says, hey, let's go grab pizza, they know which pizza parlor to recommend. Encourage your student to be ready with recommendations and suggestions so it's very natural and it's not out of place. Also explain to them, again, their friends want to know about their food allergy. So have them share, they have a food allergy. Have them show their friends where they carry their epinephrine auto-injectors. Encourage them to carry an allergy and anaphylaxis emergency plan Both of my students printed them out and carried them in a little pouch that carried their rescue medications. So that way, if their friends are jumping in to help, they can see it. Also, it's really important, if if humanly possible, to have your student bring trainers and show them how to use them and show them that on the side of every device, there is always instructions. But encourage them to show their friends how the injectors work and explain to their friends what to do if there's an emergency. So for example, My students shared with their friends, they have allergies, here's where they keep them, here's how to use the rescue medications, and what needs to happen is immediately administering the rescue medication and then calling 911, just no matter what, two things, epinephrine, 911, and that's it. And also to never leave the student alone. So review with your student, what is the proper emergency procedure for your family? make sure before your student heads out the door that they really understand cross-contact because as parents and caregivers, we're really good at that. And we might not even realize it, but we manage 
a lot of that. So just make sure your student understands what cross-contact is in manufacturing, that they know how to read labels, that they understand may contain and the value of calling a manufacturer, and that they do understand like cross-contact in a restaurant. For example, French fries. Do they know to ask, you know, does that fryer just have French fries in it or have you just put shrimp in there? So whatever your students' allergens are, just review where they might run into that allergen and how to manage cross-contact. So overall with socializing, it's just real key that your student feel good and comfortable and confident in explaining to their new friends, hey, I have allergies. This is how I manage it. If there happens to be an emergency, this is where I need your help. This is what I need you to do. Lastly, let your student know that in the College Resource Center, there is a hub on how-to conversations that actually gives tips and ideas and even role play suggestions on how your student can have conversations with new friends, roommates, and your student might have roommates, even if they're not living on campus during their first year. A lot of community colleges have different housing options or even vocational schools will encourage students to live together. So go to those how-to conversations and see what's applicable. There's how to talk to professors in there, how to talk to roommates, how to discuss alcohol, dating, parties. All of this applies to your student, whether they're living on campus or not. Next up, let's just take a moment and talk about technology. We know how everyone has a phone in their hand at all times. Don't be shy about using apps. There's a lot of apps out there that help your student manage their allergies, keep information together, record the expiration dates on their medications and so forth. Check out FACS College Resource Center. We do have a list of a few different apps that might be useful, such as Allergy Force or even Air Now if your student has asthma and they need to keep an eye on air quality, or even Life360, which is a family safety app, which actually lets you know the location of somebody. So there's all sorts of interesting apps that could be really helpful. Lastly, and most importantly, let's talk about passing the torch. Because for the last 18 years, you have been in charge. Your job has been to keep this little human safe, healthy, and happy. And now they're growing up into this adult who's heading out into the world. And so it's really important for you to start stepping back if you already haven't and pushing them up. And what's really critical is just pause at this moment in time and look at them and see where they are, see where you think you might need to do a little more training And then when you go back and talk to your student about them heading off to college or to their vocational school or wherever they're headed, ask them, how would you respond to an allergic reaction? How are you carrying your epinephrine? How do you shop? How do you handle a restaurant? You know, what do you believe and know about food allergies? Because a lot of times we assume our kids know things and they don't because they've been relying on us. And sometimes it's the opposite. We think they don't know anything and they have been watching closely and they know everything. Another tip is to also change your language if you had been using the last several years we. You know, oh, what shall we buy at the store today? Which restaurant should we choose? Instead, turn it around to what restaurant will you choose? What questions 
are you going to ask dining services? What questions are you going to ask disabilities? You want your language to match your intention of them becoming very independent. Now, speaking to you parent to parent, it's tough. And sometimes it's tough for a day. Sometimes it's tough for weeks. Either way, give yourself some grace. Really know you're not alone on this. Lots of people have gone through this. Your food allergy family is here for you. Fact actually has a Facebook group that is private for parents of high school and college students. So I'll put the link for that in the show notes. But just know you're totally not alone. And if you're feeling a lot of stress, if you're feeling anxious, it's okay. Because again, this is like kindergarten. This is the next step where they're not going to be with you. And again, even if they're living at home or not living on campus, but living in an apartment, this is a very big transition and you just need to know you are not alone. So thank you for joining me today in this conversation. It's really important that we don't overlook the commuter students. So much attention does get directed to the students who have to navigate living on campus, eating on campus. Your student is going to have a little bit of a different situation, but it is still critical. Establish those accommodations. Figure out how they're going to eat safely on campus. Have them think about it ahead of time how they're going to manage socialization and staying safe. And then before I sign off, I'm going to direct everyone to the other podcasts that have been released this last June and July in 2023, featuring two college students and their four podcasts, and they give some very gritty and honest tips and encouragement to students on how to handle various aspects of college life. I can't suggest any stronger having your student listen to these podcasts. They're all fairly short, but it's peer to peer. And we know students will listen to a peer most likely more than us. So thank you for being with us today. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to take a moment to pause and say thank you to ARS Pharmaceuticals for their kind sponsorship of Facts Roundtable Podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.